podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. All week, they'll be your family member, your friends, your neighbors, significant others, co-workers, you name it. All week you'll be talking about how thankful you are and arguing over white and dark meat, pumpkin or pecan pie, mashed potatoes or green bean casserole. And while you're sharing a glass of wine, some laughs over a whiskey, or a delicious pumpkin beer, all will be right in the the world. But once that calendar flips to Saturday, for the 120th time, those friends, that family, those neighbors, become your mortal enemy. Because this game, which has been played more than almost any other matchup in the history of college football, has more on the line this year than there has been in a very long time. Now our friends, our family, but our mortal enemies from the East are coming into Manhattan with a little bit more swagger than they usually do. Thinking that this might be the year they break that ever-growing streak. But my friends... We have something even more important on the line than the Governor's Cup. A trip to Arlington is one win away, so we get that rematch that we've been waiting for ever since we left Fort Worth. Everything is on the line. But before we get to play, for that third Big 12 title to put in the trophy case. That old familiar foe stands in the way. Now while they like to claim they play for Kansas, we actually back it up. Because led by over 50 players on this roster, you know the juice is going to be there. So while there are players from every corner of our great state putting on that power cat, there's going to be another 50,000 in purple ready to just explode. And hey, if you're not from Kansas, we still got love for you too. Because once you learn to put on that power cat, Something that goes hand in hand is hating the red and blue. So no matter where you are on this 120th matchup of the Wildcats and Jayhawks, if you're wearing that purple, well for that 24 hours, it's you who are my family. And we're going to go shoulder to shoulder against that foe who we've battled 
and hated for 120 games. And we're going to battle and hate them for 120 more. Let's go, Cats. Cinnamon rolls and chili on a crisp November day In the heart of football season, Thanksgiving's on its way Mashed potatoes, turkeys, green beans not from cans The Bosco boys are thankful for our diehard bonehead fans boys are back and it is a big one it is senior night k-state is back in the top 15 in all three polls and if we win we are in in arlington it is it is an absolute it's an absolute massive one um Obviously nervous. This is uh, the best KU team we've seen in, what, well over a decade uh, since 2009. They, uh, and hell, I think, I don't even think they went to a bowl game in 2009. I think this is the first time, this is the best team they've had since 2008. I think I can't quite remember uh, the levels of futility KU has had over the last decade plus. But, But it's a big one. It's a big one. Um, it's the one that most K-State fans probably circle on their schedule before uh, the season gets going. It is the one that, uh, for, for most of us, most of the crossover fans that we have to deal with, um, it, it's massive. And again, um, while it looked improbable uh, after that Texas loss, uh, win this one and we're going to Arlington. Uh, getting that matchup with TCU, that rematch that we've been wanting since uh, that game that we played down in Fort Worth, it's absolutely massive. Um, there there hasn't been, and I've said this a few times, I've said this a few times this season, but after every win, it kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, it has been probably since 2012, that game versus Texas. Uh, this is the biggest game since then. The biggest home game since then, again, in 2014, you played a couple road games that could have resulted in Big 12 championship, uh, a trophy, a shared trophy. Uh, but this one, this one is uh, huge. This one, is, this one will probably be uh, up over 52,000 uh, with all the standing room only they sent. And there will be more KU fans in Bill Snyder Family Stadium than we've seen in a really long time. Um, so it's going to be... I mean, it's going to be everything we wanted. It's going to be a night game on Big Boy Fox. It's going to be chilly, but it's going to feel like football weather. So, um, you know, you're you're going to have the emotions of some of those seniors coming out there for the final time, Um, some underclassmen as well. Uh, It's it's going to be great. This is what college football is all about, playing your in-state rival uh, with a chance to go to the Big 12 title uh, on senior day. Saturday after Thanksgiving. It does not get more college football than that, and it does not get better than that. Know what else it doesn't get better than? Manhattan Brewing Company. 
It is the freshest beer in the entire state of Kansas. If you go down to their taproom on points, you're going to get the freshest. I, I legitimately believe the best craft beer in the entire state of Kansas and some of the best craft beer in the entire region. Uh, you know, for old time's sake, you, you know, get a towny wheat. They actually have a house divided beer that they did with Lawrence uh, Beer Company as well. So make sure to try that out. Get a couple pints, take a couple four back four packs and crowlers to your tailgate, and then if we win, stop by on your way out of town or on Sunday and get a couple four packs. Get your car loaded up so we can be taking Manhattan beer down to Arlington. Check them out today. All right, before we get into Chris Kleiman's uh, press conference, just some news and notes surrounding this uh, K-State football team. Brendan Mott, Money Mott, Millionaire Mott, whatever we want to call him. Probably need to go with Money Mott. Uh, So Brendan Money Mott with his Conor McGregor celebration. He was your defensive player of the week in the Big 12 Uh, coming off of that eight-tackle, three-sack performance. Deuce Vaughn named a semifinalist for the Doak Walker Award for the best running back in the country. Uh, Randon Plattner uh, named as a semifinalist for the Patrick Minnelli Award, which is the best long snapper. Ty Zentner, semifinalist for the Ray Guy Award for the best punter. All sorts of great players up for great awards. You love to see it. Uh, as I mentioned up up top, we are up to 15th in the AP poll, 13th in the coaches poll, looking to be around, uh, I, I think, probably 12th, maybe 13th, anywhere between 11 and 13 in the college football playoff poll that will be announced after the show is recorded. Um, so it is great to be highly ranked again. If things go right this week, maybe in the top 10 when we go down, hopefully go down to Arlington next weekend. Um, just a couple notes. I've talked about this before. Um, this is going to be the 120th matchup, uh, between K-State and KU, the Sunflower Showdown that will then tie for the 18th most played game in college football history. It will be the number nine game for most played FBS as football subdivision, uh, games and the seventh most played game amongst power five schools. It also is currently the fifth the fifth longest consecutive continuous rivalry, active rivalry in college football. Absolutely historic rivalry. Um, I I know a lot of folks like to make the jokes, especially because uh, the, the history of this rivalry really has been a pendulum. And luckily it is currently in the purple corner of the state right now. But again, when you're looking at all these games, almost any game you think of that is considered this historic longtime rivalry has been played less than K-State KU. Um, this is a two old institutions that have been playing sports against each other for a very long time. And, and I like uh, having that game again um, with that game and then the Iowa State game, which is you know not as high on that list, but climbing. Uh, but the Iowa State game, the longest, uh, never uh, interrupted, never interrupted, uninterrupted uh, series of all time in the history of college football. Um, having two of those very historic games in our corner, 
I really think is a fun thing in K-State and KU fans, for that matter, should be championing that fact. Let's get into Chris Kleiman's press conference. Uh, he recounted a little bit about that Baylor game, talked about how important it was to get those two field goals late in the uh, second quarter, talked about how the first one we grabbed, we were in kind of like a, a semi-two-minute mode because he got that field goal with, I think, a little over two minutes left. Then you really had to uh, get into it. Uh, when you got the ball back. And I think he's right. Getting that the momentum of those two and especially preventing Baylor from scoring and then getting the ball right back, uh, which we saw was a massive momentum uh, swing the first time we played TCU. I agree. It was massive. And then going back and re-watching that game, uh, the, the, the Ty Zentner uh, game balls probably, you know, I'm not going to say weren't enough because there are a lot of good players, but Ty Zentner played massively, especially when you go up against a team like West Virginia who missed field goals, missed the extra points. The the game Ty Zentner had when you go back and rewatch is even more impressive. Uh, A lot of high praise for Malik Knowles, thought he was excellent. Um, And I agree with him. Uh, What he was able to do with the ball after the catch, again, we're seeing Malik Knowles at his best. We're seeing the Malik Knowles that we uh, could could see playing on Sundays. So it's going to really hit you in the feels when Malik Knowles runs out there for senior day, playing his last game in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Um, When asked about, you know, the difference between the KU teams that we've played in the past in this one, Chris Kleiman really just hammered home that the, the difference is their belief in how much harder they're playing than they have in the past. Um, obviously, the, the talent has increased as well, but I think that's a good call out. When you look at the hodgepodge of teams over you know, this last run, this might not be the most talented team. But again, those teams at the end of the Mark Mangino era, they fucking hated Mark Mangino because he was an abusive asshole to them. You know, they weren't going to run through a wall for him. Then they had just a array of chuckleheads try to coach them. Um, and, and they never got the locker room to buy in. You never had that, uh, you know, want to. And in football, more than any other sport, if you're not willing to, like, straight up, like, run through a brick wall, I know that's the metaphor always used, but if you're not willing to do that for your team, you're not going to win many games. Uh, so the call out that, hey, KU finally has a team that is actually willing to put in hard work, you know, I, I think that that comment uh, that Chris Kleiman made, while a compliment to this current version of KU, I think it does highlight uh, how really the University of Kansas as an institution did not give a shit about football for basically 15 years. Um when he was running down the scouting report and talking about how, uh, you know, how the game's going to go, he, he did point out that this is the cherry on top of their season. They have nothing to lose. Now, he didn't say this, but, you know, I implied it. He's right. Um, this, if you really think about it, of all the years that we've played KU since 2009, this game actually, when you're talking about stakes, mean absolutely, mean the least amount, mean the least amount. You know, back in 2009, they ended up, I believe, with five wins. Uh, So that game could have put them into bowl contention. Every other year, 
by the time we were playing, they knew they weren't going to be going to a bowl. They weren't going to postseason play. This was the pinnacle. Uh, this is the only game that mattered to them. Now that they are going to a bowl, the only, you know, they would like to end the streak. They would like to, you know, because most of these guys have have not seen KU win uh, since, you know, they were six. Uh, but th- they are going to a bowl. This is a cherry on top of their Sunday. But K-State has everything in the world to play for. You know, th- it, it's not just about bowl selection. It is about raising your pro- profile, continuing to climb the ladder in the college football playoff, getting to Arlington, getting a chance to play for a Big 12 title. So it really is one of those games where uh, K-State really is the team that uh, this isn't their Super Bowl. You know, a lot of a lot of jokes are made about, oh, this is so-and-so Super Bowl, this, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I mean, this isn't. K-State is still playing for stuff. And quite frankly, so is KU. KU still has their bowl. It is an interesting dynamic we have not seen in this game for a really long time. Talked about how they're expecting to see both uh, Bean and Daniels. Said they both are able to extend plays with their legs. They're both able to throw the ball. Said that they really aren't a different type of offense. They don't play differently with either one of those guys in there. I typically agree. Again, I, I've only been able to go back and watch highlights of the KU Texas game. Uh, Jalen Daniels not healthy. He is not running the ball uh, like he was uh, back when they were on their good run at the beginning of the season. It will be interesting to see how much he plays. I I think that they made the absolute wrong decision. I'd be fine if they made that wrong decision again this week. Um, there was confirmation on Sincere Mason, so it was kind of worst-case scenario. He is out for the season. Chris Common said, hey, that's just football in late November. Uh, we have guys who will continue to be ready back there. Um, when mentioned new guys who we might be seeing play, uh, Steiger and Max Marsh were both brought up. We'll see what happens back there again. I think you're going to see a starting threesome back in the uh, safety room. I, I think you're going to see... Uh, VJ Payne step in there and he's going to be alongside Josh Hayes um, and, and Drake Cheatham, of course. So I think it's going to be those three guys starting. I think you're going to see TJ Smith and Steiger really come in and uh, step up and play in those reserve uh, roles. You might see Max Marsh. You might see a couple other guys. Uh, maybe you see, uh, you know, one of the true freshmen get out there. I'm not sure. Um, but just survive in advance and continue to get practice reps for some of these depth guys so they can step up when they're called upon, hopefully in Arlington here in a couple weeks. Um, Chris Kleiman also has asked, hey, you know, how, how different is this game versus uh, years past because of KU's record? Chris Kleiman said, no, that doesn't change anything for us, just where it is on the schedule change stuff for us and he he talked about how he likes this being the last game he likes it being uh you know on that traditional traditional rivalry spot the saturday after thanksgiving final game of the regular season frankly i don't care i don't care where the game lands um it, it is cool i mean it's been on this spot uh on again off again i know uh this spot was with iowa state a few years we were at texas last year it doesn't really bother me. I'm fine playing KU whenever whenever it is on the schedule. Um, 
talking about uh, Ben Sennett and the rise of Ben Sennett, Chris Kleiman came out and said it helps everyone in the passing game, especially Malik Knowles. I, I think it helps Malik Knowles. I, I think it really helps Deuce Vaughn. I really think that defenses have to decide, okay, are we going to let Deuce Vaughn beat us in the passing game? Are we going to let Ben Sennett beat us in the passing game? Because I don't think they can stop both of those guys. It, it's it's going to be uh, interesting to see, uh, you know, who who what poison folks uh, pick. Um, the rise of Ben Sennett truly has been fun to watch as well. Um he was asked about Malik Knowles again, and it's what I said up top. You know, he's playing so well, yards after catch. And, again, that is where Malik is so dangerous. You know, he is dangerous once he gets the ball in his hands. In these final two, three games in Malik uh, Knowles' career with K-State, I hope we see him even, you know, get some more jet sweeps. Um, I'd like to see him, uh, you know, get a couple carries. I want to see him break a kickoff return and keep it going in the passing game. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Asked about the walk-ons. You know, I I get kind of fed up with the walk-on you story, but it continues to be a staple of K-State football. And Chris Kleiman said, hey, whether you're a scholarship player or a walk-on, you can look at K-State and say, hey, if I buy into this program and invest myself in this program, I can succeed. And I think that is a powerful message. I think that when you look at, again, some of these walk-on stories, if you look at some of these, you know, under-recruited guys, you look at a guy like Sammy Wheeler, who was a no-star quarterback in Kansas, comes in with Bill Snyder, um, was playing quarterback, moves to tight end with the new coaching staff, and then uh, he's had some big moments. Did he end up breaking through and having this massive season this year? that I think we all wanted him to have? No, but he's playing a lot of college football. He's making some big-time plays. I think it is a powerful message to say, hey, it doesn't matter whether you're a five-star or a no-star scholarship or walk-on, a tryout player or preferred. Um, if you invest and if you put your all into this program, uh, the the tradition is continuing that you can find a way to continue to make a massive impact uh, in college football. Uh, got confirmation that Adrian Martinez will not be active this week. Um, when asked about these seniors, he said it's tough to keep track of the seniors because there's going to be some of the guys who are going to walk on senior night for the second straight night or second straight year uh, because of the COVID rules. But he talked about how this group of leaders really have kept the locker room in check, but also having a lot of fun. Reference how much fun they had on the long road trip to West Virginia and then the night game road trip uh, to Waco, Texas. He said that when this group came back after the pandemic season, came back in January and February of 2021, they vowed that they were going to fix the culture and make this locker room a special place. Chris Kleiman continued to talk about how it's not his program, it is the players' program. Uh, Derek Young of K-State Online asked uh, Coach Kleiman, you know, why, why should uh, you know Ty Zentner win the Ray Guy Award because he was a semifinalist? And Chris Common said, hey, I know it's a punting award, but he's doing great on all three kicking duties. And being able to be in charge of all three of those and still be elite at punting, that is the best case for Ty Zentner. Uh, it sounds like Connor Riley has been the big reasoning why the last two weeks we've seen Andrew Lyongang in as an extra lineman. And, of course, we talked about how we also saw him as a fullback a little last week as well. 
Uh, so it's giving him a lot of confidence, and that's a good thing because he's going to be a longtime starter for us. Uh, he also said that they're running some plays out of this formation that we haven't for a few years. I would say go back and look at some of the plays ran back in 2019 with Logan Long before he moved to tackle uh, because he was being used basically as an extra offensive lineman out there as a tight end. So uh, it's fun to maybe dust off some of those plays. Uh, uh, Coach Kleiman talked about how he's been part of big rivalries before, uh, but he said the key for this team is to make – you can't make any one week more important than the next. He's confident in the locker room and the leaders that they will keep the noise out. It's about us, not a rivalry game, and not what could be next. Again, you have so much stuff at play, so much online in this game. It is going to be uh, a testament to how well these guys can stay focused. Um, He he cautioned against putting more uh, pressure than needed on these guys. He said they're all smart guys. They know what this rivalry means. They know what's on the line if you win. There's no use in trying to put extra pressure on the kids. He does think the team will be fired up for the game, though. He said they will not be distracted. Last thing that I had uh, in my notes about Coach Kleiman's press conference was uh, he was asked about Devin Neal. He said he's having a really good year, uh, and he's a really good back. Again, if folks don't remember, uh, Devin Neal came down between K-State and KU, uh, he was going to be a dual-sport athlete. It sounds like uh, KU was way more likely. Uh, the KU baseball program was far more uh, interested in having his uh, dual-sport dreams come true. I don't think he played a lot of baseball last year. I'd, I'd maybe not be surprised if uh, he gives up playing both sports uh, this spring. Uh, but Devin Neal, he's a Kansas kid. He's a good kid. He's a good running back. I wish we had him on our team, but, hey, we got two – Pretty good running backs as well. All right, let's get into uh, what this game means to me. Let me wax poetically about this game and my emotions around it. But before we do, we've teamed up with Charlie Hustle once again to bring Wildcat fans the freshest game day gear around. Whether you're living up with friends in Aggieville or on points, catching a game in Bill Snyder Family Stadium, the Octagon, the Doom, or AT&T Stadium, Charlie Hustle has the best K-State gear for you and your squad. Shop online at charliehustle.com. Visit their Kansas City store on the Country Club Plaza or check them out in select retailers throughout Manhattan. Shop Charlie Hustle's K-State collection today. Look, this is the part in the show where I found myself in hot water last year by uh, just ranting and raving and and, and saying something that, you know, made uh, family get-togethers fun. But as a lot of you know, because I have my mom on every, uh, you know, spring for mom pod. And as I've had my brother on in the past, we're a house divided. Um, You know, I'm a third generation wildcat on my dad's side. Um, My mom's side, predominantly KU fans. Uh, But my my cousin Caroline, she's a wildcat. She went to K-State. She chose the right school. Um, so I grew up in one of these house divided families, you know, uh, my, my brother is getting his graduate degree from KU, you know, there's, uh, all sorts of fun back and forth. We've had our entire lives about this type of stuff, you know, at a time when my cousins, uh, were younger, uh, when I was younger, um, there's a lot of, you know, needling each other. You know, I, I think we've all matured a little bit as well. Growing up in Topeka, 
uh, at least my age group uh, in elementary school, middle school, high school, it really was kind of divided down the middle. Um, it was, it, honestly, it, thinking back to it, especially, you know, in middle school, high school, thinking back to those football and basketball games um, leading up to it, it really was in Topeka. Uh, you know, I went to Washington Rule. My years there, you know, you had almost an equal divide of teachers as well. It really did have this school divided and a rivalry within its own high school feel to it. Um, and then you, you you go to college and everything just goes to the next level. Um, as much as I talk about the Iowa State rivalry, um, losing the Iowa State game, which we, we've done too often, I'm glad we're on the right side of it, it's a lot of just shit on the internet. You know, in Kansas City, there, there are more Iowa State fans, uh, you know, and there's more and more every year. Uh, but but it's not something that it's something you can easily hide away from. You can you can put your phone away. And you don't have to check Twitter. But this is one that you can't get away from. This is one that here in a couple weeks, or actually throughout the entire holiday season, uh, you're going to have to listen to folks talk about. You know, uh, and, and they're starting to feel themselves. Ku has and their fans have this little swagger to them. Uh, and when things were going well for them early in the season, especially after K-State lost to Tulane, they were running their mouths. There was a lot of them that were running their mouths. They were chalking up, oh, the, the tide is turning, all this type of stuff. Sure enough, they're on a what? Lost five out of the last six. I believe my math's correct there. They're spiraling and they're limping into bull season. A lot of that swagger is gone. You know, they get college game day, and then after that, they're not getting 40,000 back in their stadium. They're not chirping nearly as loud the week of the game as they were back in week three. It's funny how that stuff works out. It's funny how that works out. And again, I there, there are some KU fans that I am truly happy for that they are getting to have this success. Again, there are some folks who have had KU football season tickets and go to almost every game throughout all that misery, through that futility, watching them every game, every week. Good for them. That's fine. It's funny, though, those aren't the ones who chirp the loudest. They're not. It's funny how that works out. But you best believe, even though you haven't heard anything from this group of fans, whether in real life or on Twitter, internet or real life, you can bet your bottom dollar that if they were to pull this one off, your phone would start blowing up the second the clock went triple zeros. This game means so much just for the internal, in-state type of thing. KU trying to run the tagline, we play for Kansas. But again, one of my favorite stats, they don't give a shit about Kansas. The university doesn't give a shit about Kansas. The football team doesn't give a shit about Kansas. KU wants everything to do with bringing students in 
from Chicago, from everywhere else, and they don't care anything about the state. They mock the ag industry. They mock the entire state as a whole. And then they try to trot out the line, we play for Kansas. K-State has 53 players from the state of Kansas. KU has 24. And that's the most they've had on their roster from the state of Kansas in well over a decade. You might have houses divided. You might have all this type of stuff. There, there's plenty of KU fans throughout the entire state of Kansas. But there's only one institution and one football program that actually cares about this state. And it's K-State. It is Kansas State University. The original land-grant university in this country. So it's, it's going to mean a little bit more in our locker room. It's going to mean a little bit more to our fans. And that's fine. That's good. Maybe it would do KU a little bit of good to try to bring in a few more Kansas kids. I hope they don't because I hope they never win this game again. I hope we just absolutely kick their ass. And guess what? The same old bullshit they're going to trot on. But I guarantee every single person who tries to do the all-time wins talk, they have not seen more KU football wins over K-State. They can talk all they want about everything that happened before World War I. That's fine. Congrats. They won a lot of football games before the modern rules were even put in place, before a face mask was even invented. That's fine. We own this rivalry and we own this state. And don't let them forget it. Absolute massive game. And then, of course, something that is bigger than the Governor's Cup trophy, which is a shitty trophy. We win, we are in in Arlington. We win, and we are in. I'm a fraud because I've led every single one of these what it means segments all season long. All season long about talking about Arlington. But again, you have the rivalry and you have this one game standing in your place, in your way. But if you win, you get a matchup with what will be a number three TCU. Because there's no world in which they're going to lose to Iowa State. You're going to have one of the biggest games ever played in school history down in Arlington, Texas on December 3rd. And hopefully... AT&T Stadium will be flooded with Wildcats. If you go back and listen after the, the Tulane game, I was dejected. I was down. All of you were. But I think one message that I kept trying to reiterate is the ultimate goal is still on the table. We are now one game away from that goal, from getting to play for the Big 12 championship. The most competitive and one of the best conferences in college football this season. We are one win away from competing for that piece of hardware. It means the absolute moon. This game means everything on almost any plane you can put it on. Any plane you can put it on. And again, I, I'm nervous. I have all the feels because, again, this has been one of those special teams. Now, I hope that 
this is not a you know a, a once in a generation type thing and it's not going to be chris Kleiman is going to make sure this isn't some once in a lifetime type thing it's not we're going to play for big 12 titles once again but when you get the chance to make it to arlington when you get a chance to play on that first saturday in december for a conference title you have to capitalize on it and again Will Howard continues to write his legacy. Deuce Vaughn continues to write his legacy. Felix Anudike Uzama, Julius Brents, all these players are playing, trying to build on their legacy. And they're trying to leave their mark. And it's all on the stage for this game. Again, it's something that has happened because it is now class after class that beats that team from Lawrence, Kansas. And no one wants to say, yeah, it was my senior class that let it up. Oh, yeah, it was my team that let it up. So much on the line. Chris Kleiman, he still, still, he hasn't lost to KU. And, and we're still waiting to get to that nine-win mark. Now, nine wins, we're not going to celebrate it like it's a Super Bowl like Iowa State did. But it is still getting to that win total. It is still getting to that threshold that he still hasn't gotten to. Colin Klein, he is totally, totally taking this offense to the next level. Can he keep it going? Joe Klanderman, it was a rough game. It was not a good game, especially in the first half. Versus West Virginia. Is he going to be able to bounce it back? You know, it'll be, you know, all sorts of narratives. Will Howard versus Jalen Daniels. Deuce Vaughn versus Devin Neal. All sorts of great matchups. It's all on the, all on the line. When we're going to Arlington. I think massive key, again... There, there's so much love uh, for this KU offense. I, I think really dominate the trenches, take care of business, and then same on, on offense, just take care of business in the trenches. Oh, man. Obviously, uh, some of these players might be able to come back, but I want to acknowledge all the seniors. Uh, Jalen Pickle, been starting on again, off again, defensive end. Eli Huggins, his super senior year. Eric Pizarro, he was a walk-on wide receiver who came over this season. Cade Warner, absolutely massive year so far. Again, leading the team in reception or touchdown receptions. Cade Warner said he's actually not going to walk again. He said that, hey, he had a perfect moment last year on the field. Um, and he's not going to uh, take away from that moment. So Cade Warner, senior, super senior, uh, he's not going to walk, it sounds like. You have the two Texas tackles, KT Leviston, Christian Duffy. Again, Christian Duffy has been a solid starter for the better part of the last four years. KT Lev, uh, he's been up and down, but again, he's put in some absolute big-time performances. Dawson Delforge, Cartez Crook-Jones, Hayden Gillum, who is getting his chance to step up and start. Again, um, he, he's made big plays, and again, when, when you get him pulling out there, he, is a, he, he, he can make some plays. Nick Allen, who has had to step up quite a bit this year at linebacker, uh, because all of these different uh, all these different linebackers we brought in have not uh, have not stuck around. So we've seen a lot of Nick Allen, Jack Bloomer, 
who is holding, and he plays on all sorts of special teams just because he is the punter and doesn't get to punt. This guy's on almost every single special teams unit. Brandon Plattner, we already talked about him. He's up for uh, the Long Snapper of the Year award. Jack Stanine, could this be the last time Jax suits up as a Wildcat? It sounds like he's going to keep his red shirt. We'll see if he plays his uh, final year at K-State, but everyone knows how big of a Jack Stanine fan I am. Echo Boydo, both those guys, Lawrence guys, Echo Boydo, he has been a stud from the second he had to play versus Oklahoma during that COVID season. Julius Brintz going to the Senior Bowl, transfer from Iowa. He's been playing at an All-American level. Daniel Green, it seems like he's been here forever. Technically, I think, has a uh, COVID season left. It's not going to happen, but I love Daniel Green. Love Daniel Green. I'm glad he's getting to go out the healthiest he's been this season. Drake Cheatham, another Prairie View A&M guy, you know, keeping that sauce boss uh, pipeline going. Been absolutely massive this year. Sammy Wheeler, the last Bill Snyder quarterback recruit playing tight end. Another Kansas kid. Thomas Helton, he's a wide receiver. He's a walk-on. Again, he th- these are some of the guys that you don't see a lot of, uh, but you know they're putting in work. Scout team, all that type of stuff. Seth Porter, talk about a special teams ace. This guy on almost every single special teams. He uh, you know, got, got the block punt, I believe, earlier in the season. Coming from a K-State family, his brother Shane uh, on the team. His dad was a Wildcat, and he's a bonehead, so shout out to Papa Porter. Will Honus wasn't able to get on, uh, on the field this year. Sucks, uh, but he's a Kansas kid. I'm glad he was able to spend his final years in college at K-State in purple. Uh, Robert Hentz, uh, he had to go back for a family funeral. Wasn't at the West Virginia game. He'll have his final game. Uh, Sincere Mason, god dang. Uh, another transfer uh, season-ending injury. Absolutely massive pick six. He's been massive this year. Adrian Martinez, uh, his final home game at K-State. Again, I, I love everything that Adrian Martinez gave to this team. Um, I'll be cheering loud when he's announced to, uh, on Saturday. Ty Zentner, Topeka Cat from Shawnee Heights, went to Butler. He is the triple crown kicker in the Big 12. His final game at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, um, absolutely immense. Phillip Brooks, multiple kickoff ret- or punt return touchdowns, multiple receiving touchdowns. Phillip Brooks had himself a career at K-State from Lee Summit, Missouri. Malik Knowles, again, this will be his final year um, or final uh, home game. He will probably be playing on Sundays next year, I think. I really think he is peaking at the right time. Um I hope he gets into the crib. I hope he cribs one versus KU. And then Josh Hayes uh, transferring from North Dakota State by way of Virginia. Um, I'm sure he's going through a lot of emotions with the tragedy that happened, uh, you know, with the UVA football team. But Josh Hayes, uh, up until last week, maybe the best player on the defense. I'm sure he's going to bounce back and have a big one. So from Bosco's boys to all the seniors, Thank you so much for everything you guys did. Uh, Let's now get to the keys to V. How is K-State going to take care of the Jayhawks? All right, the first one is from Rocco. 
Don't get caught up in the moment, but play like we deserve to be in Arlington next weekend. If we play our game, it is all right in front of us. And I agree with him so much. I don't think it's going to take some special uh, game plan. It's not going to take any individual, you know, massive efforts or anything like that. It's not. It is not going to take any world-class anything to win this game. If simple as he put it, we get out there and play our game, we will get it done. I love that one from Rocco. Lots of funny kind of like, oh, just show up, all this type of stuff. I do like this one, and I'll give a shout-out to Bob Trollsby uh, talking about getting up over that 30-point mark. And I think that is uh, an interesting one. Talking about how our defense should be able to hold them under 30. I'll say this. I have a little bit more anxiety about our defense than I do the offense. Um, So, again, while I don't necessarily agree with that key, especially after what we saw versus West Virginia, at times we've seen KU be one of the top offenses in the Big 12. I'm not sure that is really the case. I'll say this. If we hold them to 30 or under on defense, I think we win because I think we should be able to get well into the 30s versus them. So it's kind of the inverse for me. Hold them under 30, I think we're going to win this game. I don't see their defense being able to stop our team. So I'm kind of the inverse of that one. Um, But I do love uh, anytime Bob Trollsby sends in a key to V. Uh, My two keys to V, the first one, it is very simple because we have the advantage. Dominate the trenches like we should. Um, If you look, if you're a KU fan, if you're putting on crimson and blue colored glasses, you could form some sort of argument uh, about, you know, this being like a more equal playing field than it's been in a really long time uh, at every level of the field. You'd be wrong. You'd be dead wrong. There isn't a spot on the field uh, KU is better at than K-State. There isn't a single spot. But the spot where the two spots where that is the biggest difference is the trenches on both sides of the line of scrimmage. We need to tee off on whoever is playing quarterback. We need to dominate their tackles and then Uh, You know, Eli Huggins is going to have a big day just eating up the middle of that offensive line and live in KU's backfield. And on offense, we need to push them around. We need to act like we are the varsity football team running plays against the freshmen. That is what it should look like with our offense going against their defensive line. And then my final key to V is... Just enjoy the day. I think if K-State comes out loose, if they come out enjoying themselves, if they come out with that same swagger that they've been playing with all season long, we're going to win this game. If we come in uptight, nervous, putting pressure on ourselves uh, because, hey, this is the rivalry game. This is the best KU team they've had since 2008. Uh, We win, we're going to Arlington. We put all that pressure on ourselves. You're not playing loose. You're not playing with swagger. You're not playing with that 
you know, fun emotion that we've seen from K-State all season long, I'm going to be nervous. I don't know how early I'm going to get into the stadium because it's uh, it's going to be a cold one. I don't want to, uh, you know, you know, freeze myself or, you know, anyone I'm going to the game with. I don't want to force them to go into the stadium uh, too early and get cold. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to take in all of pregame warmups. But if I am in there, I'm really going to be focusing trying to see what sort of vibes are out there, what sort of emotion, what sort of swagger, the excitement around the team. And uh, if, I, if we see what we usually do, I'm going to have no worries. Uh, let's get to our game predictions uh, sponsored by 1012 Network. Remember, we're part of the 1012 Network because the 1012 Network and Sports Drink have become one happy family. So check out the 1012 Network uh, to talk all things Big 12. Mid- Midwest Madness, the Big 12 men's and women's basketball podcast. And you might hear me over on uh, the Rock Chalk Pod with Andy Mitz. Uh, you might you might hear our conversation later on this week as well. Uh, let's get into the games. I went 12-3. and three. The Boneheads went 11-4. and four. I'm at 112-53. The Boneheads are at 108-57. and 57. I have a four-game lead, but we disagree enough that if the Boneheads go perfect, they're winning this thing. So let's see some predictions. On Black Friday, Baylor at Texas. The Boneheads going with Baylor, 52% close matchup. I'm going with Texas. You better believe I'm going to be watching the U.S. men's national team versus England on Black Friday. I don't care if you're conservative or liberal. I don't care if you're a Wildcat or a Jayhawk. I don't care what religion you are or if you're an atheist. I don't care if you're a vegan or you're straight up carnivore. A cat's person or the field. A dog person, cats, whatever. It doesn't matter. Pepsi and Coke, it doesn't matter. Everyone fucking hates England. So on Black Friday, I'll be all in watching the U.S. men's national team versus England in the World Cup. But I'll have my eye on that Baylor versus Texas game. I would love it if Baylor won. We're going Then we're going to Arlington regardless. But don't get me wrong. In no world do I want to hedge against the game on Saturday. We're winning that game, so I'm not worried about it. But in case the game gets canceled because of a COVID outbreak or an asteroid or something, I would like it if Baylor beat Texas. Uh, but I'm going with Texas. West Virginia at Oklahoma State. Boneheads have Oklahoma State. So do I. But that's going to be a weird game. Uh, vibes are not good in Stillwater. Vibes are not great uh, with West Virginia either. But I'm going with Oklahoma State. Iowa State at TCU. Boneheads have TCU 90%. Uh, TCU wins that one big. Iowa State does not even put up a fight. Oklahoma at Texas Tech. The Boneheads have Texas Tech. I have Oklahoma. I don't have a reason why. I just have Oklahoma. Oregon at Oregon State. This is the only university of versus state matchup to be played more times than K-State and KU. The Boneheads have Oregon. I also have Oregon. Notre Dame going to USC. I think they play for a jeweled shillelagh maybe. I don't remember. Uh, But the Boneheads have USC. So do I. Uh, they might find themselves into the playoff because Michigan and Ohio State have to play each other. Michigan 
Ohio State. I'm going with Ohio State. Boneheads have Ohio State 78%. Blake Corum might not be playing for Michigan. I had him uh, on my Heisman ballot. He might still stay there, but not playing in this game will hurt. I think C.J. Stroud has a big game, and Ohio State gets a little bit of payback for that loss last year. Minnesota at Wisconsin, M versus W. Boneheads of Minnesota. I'm going with Wisconsin. I don't love that pick. Uh, I kind of want to change it, but I'm not going to do it. Give the Boneheads another shot to beat me. North Carolina State at North Carolina. Boneheads, 74% on North Carolina. I'm going with NC State on that one. Battle on the Bluegrass, Louisville at Kentucky. Boneheads going with the home Wildcats. I'm going with the Louisville Cardinals. Mississippi State at Ole Miss. Uh, Boneheads going with Lane Kiffin. This is on Thanksgiving. This is uh, this is the game I like to watch when I'm grabbing a second piece of pie and some bourbon after the family members, after the cousins, aunt and uncles go home. I love watching the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving. I'm going with Mississippi State. I think there's a lot of distractions going on at Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. Is he going to go to Auburn? Is he going to go somewhere else? Is he going to stay? I think there's a lot of drama going on. I think Mike Leach gets it done. Tulane traveling to Cincinnati. Uh, They win that. I think they're in the American Conference Championship game. If they lose it, I think it's up in the air. Uh, Bonehead's going with Tulane. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Let's make it interesting. UTEP at UTSA, shout out to our Meep Meep brothers. The Roadrunners are in the top 25 in the coaches poll. Uh, everyone is going with UTSA. BYU at Stanford, uh, only a three-point line was shocking. I'm going with BYU, and so are the Boneheads. And the final one, the Sunflower Showdown. For the 120th time. Wildcats versus Jayhawks, K-State versus KU, Kansas State versus the University of Kansas. One of the longest-running football games in the history of college football. There's cultural differences. There's differences about the universities. It divides households, makes brothers fight. It is a massive one, folks. Boneheads going with K-State, 98%. I think we get this one done. I think it is a fun night in Manhattan, Kansas. I am going K-State, 37, KU, 17. We will be going to Arlington. Stay tuned because... uh, you know, we will have uh, the Q&A show on Thanksgiving. Hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. Be nice to your relatives, even the KU fans. Uh, and then Friday, we will have a version of the whip around. I think it's going to be cut down a little bit. I think we'll only have a primer, one K-State primer, and then I think we'll have a KU primer. And then I will do a little bit of basketball talk um, at the end. Um so, yeah, that's all we have, folks. It's a massive one, to say the least. So for every single person who wears purple in the state of Kansas, for Chauncey Bosco, the Wonder Pup, the best dog in the world, and a great co-host, happy Thanksgiving. We love you guys. And go Cats. Go Cats.
Network.